Hey, welcome to the Morning Show Podcast. This is Pastor Rob and Pastor Dave dropping some knowledge, dropping some cultural criticisms, and all things related to coffee. What is the Morning Show? Well, it's about helping the church navigate cultural and theological topics from a biblical perspective, featuring weekly special guests and the pastors of First Baptist Eve. Make sure you follow us and like us on Facebook and the Twitter page. Let's start the show. We do have sound now. <laughs> Welcome to the boarding show. Yeah, um, we have sound. We're going. We're moving. Things are happening. So exciting! Tuesday in February. Can we celebrate the fact of? Oh, oh, hold on a you know, second. Can you, we, we've had enough snafus today. Let's not point out more snafus. No, because I get grief all the time go. about how my stuff's like turned on. We get beeps and bongs. Bongs. Um. Yes. Was <laughs> I first uh, off? Let, let's let's celebrate a return to normalcy that American Idol is back on television. Wow, you watch American, American Idol? Season? Yeah, I think it's it's entertaining to watch weird people embarrass themselves on live television, kind of wow. like what's happening now. Brian um, is our worship pastor. Brian, do you watch American Idol? No, no, he's a no, yeah. no. He was do, late. Do, was, do you know American Idol? <laughs> there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now I liked. Uh, it, I mean, I like. I haven't watched a ton of it, but uh, America's Got Talent. Mm. Because you get more. I mean, you would only listen to people sing. It's so true. Much. It's a variety show. Yeah, you, you get, get a little get more. The comic, the magician. Um, yeah, the. Mag- do you remember the comic Puff the Magic Dragon? No, <laughs> Piff. Piff. It was Piff. Piff. You guys know my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles or something. Like that. <laughs> um. What was funny though was like some on American Idol, I think it was first episode, like some dad brings his daughter on and it's like huge age. This guy's like 60 something. His daughter's like 15. And like he's playing the guitar with her and she's, she's sweet, but does not have the vocal confidence to really go far or whatever. And dad just has an epic meltdown. Like he's the 15 year old. And, and what's funny is like, he's, he's starting to walk off and he's storming off and, you know, ripping all the microphone stuff off. And he goes, (laughs) well, I guess we're just gonna have to go to the voice. Like, wow, I missed that one. I need to go back yeah, and watch that. That's that it was a, it was a great. Oh, there's the part. one since we're just bringing up old America's Got Talent shows. Um, there's the one where like this girl, little girl who's like seven, six, seven, walks out with her brother right. who's like ten, and he plays the drums and she sings, and it's just like you think it's gonna. I mean, she's just like dressed in pink, a princess. You're expecting like you know a Frozen song or something, and she starts screaming death metal. <laughs> It was just Swedish like, death metal. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty epic. It's I'm sure it's on YouTube with five million views. There uh, is like you Google that a lot uh, of wandering to and fro in this entertaining banner we kick off with. But moving to Swedish death metal was nowhere on yeah, my expectation your, this morning. Your, uh, yeah, this this is impressive. So today, what are we doing today? Uh, we're talking about Swedish death metal. Okay, what are we really doing today? <laughs> uh, well, we have special guest Trevin Wax, who is like Renaissance man, right? Like we've got. Vice uh, vice president for, Lifeway? for Lifeway, yeah. We've got contributor to Gospel Coalition. I think he's like an editor or something at Gospel Coalition. Yeah, and then he's like author extraordinaire. Yeah, and then teaches at Wheaton Bible College. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when he sleeps. Sleeps. Really doesn't. Yeah, um, we should have interviewed his kids. Like, when do you when do you yeah. hang out with that? Well, like, when's the last time you played catch? Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> um, <laughs> My kids could say the same thing though. Uh, yes, so we talked about rethink self, looking up before looking in, and you know how we view self is is a major issue right now. And as we're going to talk about in the interview, I think it's really self is the big idol of the day. Um, and so, how do we properly think about self? How do we have a a right view of self and a godly view of self, and not buy into the culture's lies of a 
self, you know, worshiping self and idol worship, that kind of a thing. Uh, and speaking of worshiping idol self, uh, let's talk about some fans first off. Uh, we have fans. <laughs> we do have legit fans. I ran into two fans since last episode, which has been amazing. Okay, so what'd your wife say? <laughs> no, she's not a fan. She's a friend of the show. <laughs> Let's put her in the right category there. Uh, no, uh, so Dave Ravnick, one of our previous special hosts, uh, guests, excuse me, uh, actually ran into this weekend. He was like, man, you guys are doing great. So it was fun to, like, he still watches. Yeah. Uh, and then we had another one who texted Leela. Hey, Leela, thanks for watching again. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, she said that she was really looking forward to reading Barnabas' book, so... I, yeah. I don't know, since we're, we're bringing up people that actually watch the show, uh, I have a good friend in Texas who I texted with last week, and he said, I love watching you on the morning show. And I was like, wow. Cool. He won't call you, but he'll text you and well, watch you, you know, for 30 minutes. It's 2021, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Safe um, distancing. Yeah, so that's coming up today. Um, and then we've got some great interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks. Dr. Jonathan Pennington talking about Jesus as the great philosopher. It'll be a great discussion about a new way to look at, at Jesus. We'll talk about that. And another uh, guy who likes pop culture. His book is rife with like, you know, when you hear philosophy, you think like Socrates, Aristotle, like Kant, Which is in there. Hume, which is in there, but like... You missed that and went straight to like the random 80s I references. Did. I yes. did. Okay. But, but no, I was, I was a little... I was a little scared because I was like, man, I'm going to have to go back to my philosophy textbooks and like really catch up. But he really makes it accessible and still gets really deep into how Jesus is more than just um, a religious structure, but like can give us the worldview and philosophy of the world. Yeah, so I think that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Make sure you don't miss it. We'll be talking about church planning with the Pillar CEO, Zach Nelson. Mm. Um, that'll be a good one. Uh, what else is coming up? Uh, we've got Rachel McLaughlin coming in, another like super awesome academic who's accessible as well. Uh, we'll be talking about her book about tough questions that Christianity needs to answer. Um, sort of an apologetics focus. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you will enjoy that. We were talking about, um, counseling, anxiety, all of these kind of things with Dr. Kathy Steele. She will be live on the show to help us figure out what are some ways that we can help our friends and neighbors and honestly, even ourselves when we get in these anxiety depression episode so be a good kind of how-to and some good tips for that one uh dr matthew barrett uh book simple trinity is coming out soon we'll be talking of him about the trinity understanding what is what is not the right views of the trinity i'm challenging that um, one. there's nothing simple about the trinity yes become ready uh baptist convention of new england uh president terry dorsett will be on talking about what's we going should, on in new england we should have dunkin donuts we should that. fly up there and do it remote oh i like that yes um, we have such the budget on the morning show. <laughs> well, you're fine. paying for yourself. <laughs> oh, there it is. Now I'm a friend of the show. <laughs> and then Peter Yans, um, who is part of the works for the SBC Executive Committee in diversity and Asian relations, and then also um, has a, a lot of um, uh, work in just all the different minorities within diversity within the SBC. And we have a great conversation with him because statistically in the last 10 years, that is where all the growth has been yeah. at the Southern Baptist Convention, has been in the Asian, Latino communities, mm -hmm. African-American. Um, and, and that's an exciting thing to see that we are really reaching the nations and we're not just um, you know, reaching the suburbs, which need to be reached, but we're really yeah. truly reaching the nation. So and praise God for that, that we are that much of an umbrella that we can see growing, thriving ministries happening and church multiplication. Like that's fantastic. So it'll be exciting to hear what, what we can learn about that. Um, and yeah, and how to grow the kingdom everywhere. So make sure you have liked the page, the morning show page. So that you get these, so you get bugged every Tuesday, and every time we go live, yes. uh, you get bugged. Um, we're also podcasting. So if you want to hear us, but not see us, 
That's a common request. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can podcast our wives. in <laughs> anywhere uh, that you podcast. We're there everywhere. I don't even know half the places because I'm I'm an old millennial. So, oh, you know, admitting it's the first step. Reagan the other day said, "Oh, we're doing you stuff on Discord," and I was just like, "We do not sew Discord." Yeah, what are you doing? Because <laughs> we're old. We have Welcome. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if we're on Discord. I don't even know what Discord is. No idea. I just know my Bible says not to do it. (laughs) All right. I think we should go to the interview. Probably. Before everyone tunes out. So uh, we are going to go to our interview with Mr. Trevin Wax. Uh, Live from the interwebs on the morning show, we have Mr. Trevin Wax here in the studio. Well, sort of in the studio. I don't know why you say that every time because he's literally not in the studio. But go ahead. But it makes me feel better. Uh, Hey, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the morning show. Glad to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I, I have to, one of the things we love to do is see what's in the background. Like you have a very legit library behind you, sir. Yeah, this is, um, this is actually the, the library part in my office. If you were to go across the hall, I've got, we've got built-in bookshelves and it's, it's a lot of books, too many books. Just Hold on. You, so many you have books. a separate library, like just your own personal library room. Yeah, this is, this is the, my office with wow. books. But if I, if I were to take you into the other room, you'd see, it's yeah, it's a, it's a it's actually a room just set up for books and some reading chairs and. Please like tell me you have like the library ladder and like the cool overstuffed <laughs> chair. And- yeah, so basically you have your own library. Unbelievable. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, but not. It's not high enough that you need the ladder. I mean, we could put one in just to make it look cool, but not going to do that. But yeah, the the kids the kids like to sit in there and read whenever they're you know reading for book reports at school and things like that. And yeah, so it's a. It's kind of a front room that we turned into a into a library. So, so we're going to change this interview to be about coveting. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> how do we handle the sin of covetousness? Uh, no. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> confessing my sin now. <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> well, speaking of books, we have brought you on the show, sir, uh, to talk about your book, Rethinking Yourself. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the inspiration for writing this book. Yeah, I am, um, you know, I really, I've, I've got a heart for college students and for people that are starting out careers. So, you know, I'm thinking of my, myself 15, 20 years ago, and I'm thinking of, you know, um, college students and then 20 somethings and people that are making big decisions that are going to affect their lives. Uh, but, you know, the older you get, the more you also have a heart for people that have um, been around the block a few times. They tried a few things, some things worked, some things didn't. Um, and so I, I wrote this this book as a way of saying, hey, you know what you hear when you graduate high school or graduate college, you know, the whole follow your dream, follow your heart, chase your dreams, you be true to yourself above all else, no matter what anyone else says, you do you, you know, that message, uh, that that sort of passes for common sense in our day. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I wanted to do with this book was to say to that, you know, that young person that's kind of starting out their life, making some big decisions, or to that person who maybe you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, even who've, um, who feel like that way of thinking about life has let them down. I wanted to interrogate that common sense a little bit and ask some good questions about it and then, and then bring a biblical perspective to bear on it. And hopefully in a way that would be accessible to people, but also, uh, you know, just compelling and interesting to read. So can I ask you this? Um, do you think that this sort of self-worship, very self-centric that is in our culture today. Do you think that's something um, 
new. Like, I mean, I understand that we've all pride has always been around since the beginning, but this extreme sort of self-centric thing, do you think that's something that's sort of unique to this younger generation, millennials and zoomers, I guess we call them. Um, and if so, how, this is just sort of something I'm interested in. How much has social media do you think impacted that? Yeah, no, I, I don't think that it's something that's new to the younger generation. I think the expressions of it are different for a younger generation. Okay. That's where I think social media comes into play. But we've been, I mean, if you want to go back and, and I, I, I leave all of this in the end notes for the book. So people, people, if you read the book, you're not going to be like taken aback by big academic terms and jargon and stuff. I'm trying to be as cool. simple and easy to understand as possible. But for the person that's a little more studious, that's interested to see where did some of these ideas come from? Why do we take them for granted? If you follow the path, I've left a bunch of endnotes where I'm, I'm, I'm really showing how we this society that we live in has been being built for a long time. It actually goes back uh, centuries. You know, the, this be true to yourself mindset, really, you can trace it all the way back to like, you know, Walt Whitman back in the 1800s. So, mm. I mean, it's not something that's brand new. What I think is different, though, right now is uh, the question about social media and um, uh, with young people growing up in an environment in which they are constantly feeling the need to perform, to be uh, in public, um, to uh, appear a certain way. And social media has given us a, a sense of disembodiedness to where we, you know, we can, we can create the digital persona that we want and we can display that to the world. It's never been easier to try on a persona, right? Because you can do that digitally in a way that's easier than if you're doing it with the very same people that you've been with in your, in your class from kindergarten through, you know, through high school or uh, the same people you've grown up with. I mean, we, we live in a very fluid world. And so I think that's the difference with the younger generation is just the impact of technology and social media on that question. Oh, that's good. Very interesting. So along the lines you, you talk about, there's this kind of vapidness, right? If you, Ecclesiastes all has been the emptiness of the pop psychology. You mentioned self-help book and um, just the, the emptiness of it. Like, at what point do you think people come to this line where they realize all the stuff that I've been chasing after, trying to find meaning in, um, how do you how do you help that generation start to ask the right questions? Because it, from your point, it sounds like they're not even asking questions. They're just readily consuming all of this pop psychology. Um, are, are there like specific key questions to ask to get them to like, Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And that's one of the, that's one of the things I'm trying to do with the book is to say, okay, so here's some stuff that you've just taken for granted. You've never really right. thought about, never really interrogated, but what about, what are some questions that you could ask potentially about this way of life or what are some of the tension points that you feel areas of yes. anxiety that you feel, but you don't know where they come from. And so, I mean, to give an example, you know, it's sort of common sense that the way to find happiness and satisfaction in life is, well, I'm going to discover what it is that I want the most. And then I'm going to follow after it with all my heart. You know, I'm like going every to every Disney princess chase your dreams. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So what, what is my deepest desire? And then I'm just going to go for it. Right. Well, the, the, one of the questions that I'm asking in the book, and I think we need to ask is, 
how do you know what you want the most? Hmm. Because how many times have people thought they want to, I mean, just look at, I mean, people from all different walks of life at different ages pursue something with just total abandon. Yep. Arrive at their destination. They get what it is they thought they wanted the most and they're still not satisfied. Right. Oh, sure. Or how, how, like, how do you, what do you do when your desires are in conflict? That's another important question. Mm. Like I, you know, I want to live a long life, but I also want to eat everything that I want to eat. Right. <laughs> like you can't, you can't Wait, have those both. conflicting. Whoa. Whoa. Wait. Hold on. Shots fired. <laughs> Maybe not when you're 16, but when you're like <laughs> 36, 46, then yes, it starts to, to be in conflict. So these are, I think these are important things. There's these areas of anxiety and, and, and points of tension that exists because this way of life doesn't truly fulfill. And what I'm trying to do in the book is kind of press on those so that people aren't, they don't feel like I'm just coming out like full blown attack on this way of thinking, but where I'm just, I'm just gently pressing in on these things to say, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you considered that? Because yeah. maybe there's a better way. Hmm. Is there an aspect? I know uh, Greg Kokel talks about it in the sense when you're starting to push on these pressure points, he, uh, he talks about being an ambassador for Christ. Like you really have to pay attention. Um, what, what are your, what are some tips do you think that, so we don't come across like, okay, boomer, when you're talking to somebody, um, do, you, do you have any recommendations for that? Like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the big one is I, I think you're, you've got to be listening more than speaking when you're yeah. talking to someone. So when you're asking questions, you're asking questions, not to trip people up, but to genuinely hear what they're thinking so that you can help them identify some of those pressure points in the areas of anxiety for themselves. Um, if you're going to lead someone, you know, I think it was Francis Schaeffer who, who said something to the effect of, um, uh, you know, if, if someone asked him once, if you were given an hour to share the gospel with someone, where would you start? Where would you finish? How would you do it? Mm. And I believe it was Schaefer who said something to the effect of, well, I would ask and listen, I would ask questions and listen for 55 minutes, and then I would share the gospel for the remaining five. Because, I mean, something there about really engaging with someone else, that's important. And, and I mean, I, you know, a book cannot, a book can do that at one level, but a person does that at a whole other level. So I'm hopeful that the book will be a tool for that. But I mean, person to person is where a lot of the, the most uh, um, important conversations happen. So again, the book is Rethink Yourself correcting Rob from before. Um, Thank you. The power of looking up before looking in. And so one of the things that you talk about in the book is look in, look around and look up approach. Could you explain a little bit about what that means and um, how we do that? Yeah. Yeah. So what, one of the things I'm trying to do in the book is to explain things in really simple concepts. And so the way that I talk about how do, how do people in our society think about the purpose of life, the meaning of life? Um, and the way they generally do it is, what I call the look in approach, meaning looking inside themselves takes priority. So that means they look in to discover their, you know, to define themselves, to discover the, their deepest desires. Um, and then they look around to the people around them um, right. to get affirmation of that person that they presented. And then if they feel like they need a spiritual dimension in life, they may look up to God or to some higher power, or may go to church or adopt some kind of spiritual discipline or something. But in terms of priority, the purpose of life is to look inside first, then around, and then up. Um, there are other ways of looking at life, though. For the vast majority of people throughout world history, and even now, a lot of people around the world, 
Um, looking inside is not priority. Looking around is priority. The community tells you who you are. The community defines you. Um, and you find your place within that community. So you look around first, um, then up to a sacred order that sort of undergirds everything. Right. Um, and then you look in and you basically have freedom in your self-definition within those sort of community constraints. There, so there's a, an individual way of looking at life, which is you look in first. There's a community way of looking at life, which is you look around first. And then there's a biblical way. And Jesus really really comes around and, and blows up both of those frameworks. So, you know, to those who are the community centered first, I mean, he's, you know, he's relativizing the importance of the family in, in the gospels. You see him saying, you know, yeah, unless you yeah. come unless you love me more than your mother and your brother and your sister and your, you know, like, then you're not, you know, no, he's saying you let the dead bury their own dead to the guy who wants to go and bury his father before following him, you know? So Jesus is, is blowing that up. But at the same time, he's saying, if anyone would come after me, they have to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. So there's self-denial. That blows up the whole look inside way. So the biblical way of looking at things actually reverses what passes for common sense in our day. You look up to God first, to his design, um, to his desire for the world, right? Then you look around to the people around you. We are, are meant to be a display of God's glory, to be made in his image. We are reflections of his glory. And then you look inside to the person that God has created you to be, your uniqueness, the way that he's gifted, the way, gifted you, the way that he's wired you, because the, the ultimate purpose is for not for you to just be yourself, but to be the sanctified self that God has always wanted you to be, to be as much like you as possible and as much like Jesus as possible. Those two things are not contradictory. There is a, a sanctified version of yourself that looks just like Jesus and that that's what is our is our hope and our destiny. So so that's the way that's what I'm doing in the book is is unpacking these different ways of looking at life, uh, so that the biblical way hopefully will be the way that that makes the most sense and draws people in. I like it. It's in the sense of like you're showing them there's a map and everything on your map is off. It's skewed, and then you're reapplying that and saying, well, here's actually the more appropriate map that you should be using for your life. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we all live by a map, whether we think about yeah. it or not. I mean, it's not that it's not like every day everyone wakes up and they immediately think, "I wonder what my purpose in life is today." Right? We're like, "What's my?" I think what's what Warren does. Of- I think of the purpose of life. He wakes up every morning. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we feel these things deep down, but we don't. Sometimes we can so easily distract ourselves, or we can uh-huh. just sort of assume what other people around us are. Are you know, a lot of people just think, "Well, the purpose of life is to." be independent, make a lot of money, have a nice family and enough wealth to retire on, you know, or the purpose of life is for me to do this or that. Like people just, they don't necessarily think about it. They, they just sort of uh, make an assumption and move down a path. And what, what I'm trying to do is to make that path or that map, as you said, to make it visible for people so that they see what it is and then can, can, can judge it in that way. Yeah, and I love I really like the pushback on the looking in because I, I mean I think that's such a problem, um, and and really a lot of times with even younger people is they're making entire life decisions based upon looking in, and a lot of times those aren't good decisions. You know, a lot of times it's going in a wrong direction um, that sets up really a lifetime of difficulty. So um, I, I think that's very helpful to sort of reorient 
where we're looking and how we're processing who we are and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live, um, you know, the heart's deceitful. And so that's got to take its right place in the right spot and priority. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, I think that's an, that's an important point to make. Um, especially because as Christians, you know, we believe that there's such a thing called sin Yeah. and it's, it's interesting you know, for us as Christians, if we have a God-centered view of reality where we look up first, right. sin is about, um, um, you know, sinning against God's design and his desires for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, if you're a look-in kind of person where the purpose of life is to look inside and you define yourself and by your desires or whatever, then, um, you know, you could put it this way. In, in, our, in our society, the, the, the first and greatest commandment is to be true to yourself and the second commandment is like it to affirm whatever self your neighbor decides to be true to. Okay. So once you, if you what sin for our culture is to fail to be true to yourself or to fail to affirm your neighbor's version of whatever they want to be true to. So, so sin is radically recast in the way that we're the, the way that we're, we, we look at life depending on how, what your, you know, what your vision is. And, and here's the thing we've got to really keep in mind. Um, we you know we're talking about sin or we talk about Christianity or this look in approach or this look up approach uh, based on statistics and surveys and things. Um, the majority of people who are go to our churches and are in our congregations, and I mean church going Christians, right. when asked about the purpose of life, answer in ways similar to uh, unsaved neighbors, friends and family. So there are more people in our congregations that may be unintentionally and unaware going through life with that look inside first approach than we realize. And that means we've got our, we've got a job cut out for us. Yeah. I mean, I often say we are the most idol worshiping country in the world. I mean, we worship the God of the mirror. I mean, it's all about self um, and the worship of self, which is, extremely dangerous. Um, so the book, Rethink Yourself, and I want to put a plug in before we transition to Fast Five. Um, for another one of your books, this is Our Time, um, Everyday Myths um, in Light of the Gospel, uh, was really a great book. And if you haven't read that one, it's a couple years old, 2017, but um, really, really a good book. And we even taught through some of that here. Thank you. Thank you for recommending it. Uh, sir, so we've had a beautiful and richly theological discussion, and we're unfortunately going to upend all of that in a segment <laughs> we called Fast Five. Uh, I'm about to ask you five completely unrelated questions. Well, not completely unrelated. Um, are you ready, sir? The good thing is okay, I don't think we good. warned him about this. Oh, um, so you're really off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to plead the fifth if it's a question that I don't want to answer. So. That's a good That's way to go. That's a good way to go. You can also have technical difficulties and uh, do anything you'd like, sir. <laughs> if the Wi-Fi cuts out, suddenly you'll know what happens. Yeah, just do the freeze. I think Paul Chip would try that. You know? Right, right. Uh, just fake it until, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to give you some of our highlights here. Uh, but first off, I want to ask a question, question number one. Uh, what is the phrase that you heard from your parents over and over again that you have now repeated to your kids? Because I said so. Oh. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I, I hated that growing up and my parents and my kids hate it too, but I'm like, no, it really is a good answer. Just get over it. It's a good answer. Yeah. No, it's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, you know, it's, it's a Christian answer because the Bible said so, right? So uh, just, yeah. Honor your father and mother, kids. Come on. Children see, obey the problem is like, you're right. As a, 
as a parent, you want to say it to your kids, but when they give it back to you, when they start that, well, because like it, it breaks down, right? It, it's it's true because way. they're the authority figures and they're not. That's the reason. Exactly. 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 Uh, so uh, we're going to ask you question number two, which is one of our favorite questions that we have asked some seminary presidents. So since you have so many credentials, sir, and a separate <laughs> library in your house, we're going to give it to you again. Would Lightning McQueen buy car insurance or life insurance? Oh, got to be car insurance. Ooh, why car insurance? Because I think he doesn't think that he would need life insurance. Oh, oh nice. Wow. A man who has watched would cars. Everyone else say, does everyone else say life insurance? Actually, Dr. Dew, who we asked that question, he, he really wrestled with it. Like he went one <laughs> way and then he was like, oh, hold on. There's a whole nother level here. Yeah. You went straight for the kill. Yeah, we're pretty I, I like sure that. he still stays up at night wrestling <laughs> with that question. <laughs> uh, question number, we're on question number three, sir. Uh, you're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be? I'm a new addition to the crayon box. What color would I be? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so it's got to be a color that's not already in the crayon box. Correct. I really don't know. I'm not. I'm not that good with colors. I mean, okay. is maroon is maroon in the crayon box? <laughs> we will accept maroon. maroon. Yeah, I like dark red. All right. Well played. Dark red. Is that like an Alabama thing? Where's dark? No, it's oh. not. It is okay. not an Alabama thing. Yeah. That's oh, good. That's good. We don't. Alabama know. fans are annoying. I'm not, it's not that. <laughs> yes, we're gonna we like some you. more of your books. We like you. What other books can we yeah. plug away? <laughs> Dave and I are Auburn fans, so anything against Bama is 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 golden on this. Well, side. I was about to say Auburn fans are worse, but I'll just be quiet now. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're so, having tactical difficulties on our side. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Make sure you check out that new book by Al Mohler, uh, <laughs> yeah. number four. Oh, he he doesn't know Alabama or Auburn what they are. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're really still updating his firmware. Uh, <laughs> so this question comes by way of uh, Apple. This is one of the questions they ask their uh, interview questions for new employees. If you were a pizza delivery man, how would you benefit from scissors? How would I benefit from scissors? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, man. So there has to be a, an answer to this question. Otherwise, Apple wouldn't ask it, right? So is there a real answer to that question? It's all in how you, how you answer it, actually. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm already thinking, like, my mind is, like, racing to MacGyver-style uh, um, uses of tools. So it's we like, Keep well, going. You cut open the box in a certain way, or you could make sure I'm, I'm just – I'm thinking about, you know, cutting um, – you know, the, the kind of the flyers and the papers and the things that they stamp on the, the, pizza, the pizza box. Sir, you had me at MacGyver. Yeah. Like, you were, you were golden there. Like, okay. there is a love for MacGyver. You were we don't have to have more, we don't have to have more detail on that. Okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe that's what's wrong with my worldview map. Um, all right, so this, I believe we're on question number five. Have Last we got this one? one? Yeah, do you We've have a good one questions. to finish this off? So question number five, sir, uh, we had Barnabas Piper on recently and asked him what sports movie should not have been made. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, as you uh, shot fire at the self-help pop psychology, uh, what's the worst pop psychology book that you've come across? Oh, goodness. It would have to be The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. <sighs> now, you realize Oprah's going to come after you now, right? Like, 
Do you have security personnel? <laughs> she can, she, I mean, I, I don't think Oprah would ever know that I was criticizing because the universe, she could will the universe to like, <laughs> to like move against my negativity, I guess. Cause that, that's part of what is in that book, The Secret. I'm sure she watches the morning show though. So. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a fan of the yeah, show. She's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the secret has to be the worst. I mean, the, yeah, just, to, just to show how bad it is. I mean, there's a whole section in there about how you should run away from suffering people because they will drag you down. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm just saying, like, it's just so crazy selfish. I, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, wow. Can, can we talk about the fact that it's a New York Times bestselling, million copy selling thing, and it's called The Secret? It's not very secret anymore if you're selling that many That's copies. Yeah. yeah, it's not, not titled really well, is it? No, sir. Uh, well, you have successfully uh, made it through the fast five questions. Thank you very much, sir, for being uh, being a good sport and playing along with that. Yeah, thank you for for having me, and thanks for the, those really interesting questions. Uh, so, <laughs> where can people follow you? Get more information about all of the things you're doing, sir. Yeah, you can just if you go to trevinwax.com, it'll take you to my column at the Gospel Coalition, or uh, you can find me on Twitter, Trevin Wax, or Facebook, and. Uh, I've got email subscriber lists that you can you can go to from my from my blog. So any of those places is a good place to go. Yeah, and the rethink self rethink yourself book you can check that in the comment section. We'll have it posted there as well. Um, and so thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you guys for having me. All right, bye bye. All right, we're back. We are back, and another wardrobe change. I don't you, know what you're talking about. You I'm look always, great, man. I've always worn this shirt all day. You wear that like every day to bed, back up in the shower. Like, yeah, that's that's your suit, right? Right. We should have like it should be like a challenge. Go like through the morning show episodes and find like you know the things that don't match. All the gaffes, like Easter eggs. We've hidden Easter yeah, eggs. In the yeah, show. like oh, their shirts changed. All the <laughs> clock was the wrong time in the background. Could um, we could we say that like you know Oprah is coming after us? Like that was. I mean, we called out the secret. Oprah's favorite book. That's she's coming. Yeah, I haven't read this book. <clears throat> Have you Can, read this book? Is she like the millennial Voldemort? Like, are we allowed to talk about her? <laughs> what did you drink this morning? That's what I want to know. I'm just throwing every reference I can just to see if I can get Reagan to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is not laughter coming from across That's the not. camera. Hey, uh, Trevor Wax, that was an amazing interview. All kidding aside, uh, really great book, great resource uh, for us to start thinking about how to. Um, be Gideon and get rid of these idols that we have in our life. Yeah, no, a great book. You definitely need to check it out. Uh, Rethinks yourself. Oh, there's a your in there. Rethink yourself. Uh, the power of looking up before looking in, and uh, definitely. And he's got a lot of great articles as well. Like I mentioned um, in the pod in the interview, um, his other book, Everyday Myths, uh, just myths in light of the gospel, is really a tremendous book. Um, and we talked through some of that stuff in our youth ministry about a year or so ago, and just really, really good stuff there on uh, just a lot of the myths that we get from our culture and in media and things, um, and how to battle those and have a right view of those. It was one of the best books. It was one of my best books of 2019, I think. Yeah, sounds right. Nope. <laughs> 2019 doesn't exist. Nice try. <laughs> That's a myth. It's also talked about in the book. No, just kidding. Um, all right, so uh, excellent time. Thank you guys so much for watching and uh, being part of the show. Hey, make sure to uh, give us your answers in the comment section of how would you answer the Fast Five. Yeah, follow along on the Fast Five. Have some fun there. Um, we'll interact with those and check those out. And be sure to like the page. Share the page. 
Um, be on the lookout for some big giveaways coming up uh, towards some point here when we do that. And we have a budget for that? Uh, <laughs> we want sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how you do it. You just scream on your own, you know, Facebook live show, and you get it right. If you scream it, they will come. Oh, hey, do you want? Here's all the places we're podcasting. Oh, oh, that's right. We have a list here. Okay, so you can check us out on Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Breaker. You're making that up. Castbox. I've heard of that one. Google Podcast. I know that one. Overcast. That's a game that Reagan plays. That's the weather. He's punking us. It is Overcast. That's true. Uh, Pocket Cast and Radio Public. Oh, we don't support public radio. (laughs) 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 All right, we are all done. See you next week. Bye, guys. Ten o'clock Tuesdays.